When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. We've been together for so long, and I feel like we're very, I think, ordinary human beings that are trying to do some extraordinary things in the world with whatever gifts we've been given. And I think if that makes an impact and people can identify, whether they're straight or gay, I feel like how wonderful that is. For people to see us together and see that we, the way we work, the way that we're friends, the way we inspire one another, the way we give space and room for each other in each other's voices, I think that would be awesome. Are you kidding me? To represent a bunch of people in that way and they can look to us. Coleman Domingo and his husband Raul Domingo are behind the animated short film New Moon which if nominated for an Oscar, would make them the first same-sex married couple ever nominated in any category. I'm Clayton Davis. On this episode of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Coleman Domingo and Raul Domingo about their film, New Moon. Also on this episode, we sit down with Glass Onion star, Janelle Monet. But first, the roundtable discusses the box office performance of Damien Chazelle's Babylon and James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water. In addition, we talk about how our holidays are going. It's all next on this New Year's Eve Eve edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Almost. It's Variety TV editor Michael Schneider along with Janelle Riley and Clayton Davis. Hi, friends. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year's Merry Eve. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy Holidays. Mike Schneider, you're not Jewish. Happy <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's an inside joke for some people. It's like, that's aggressive, Clayton. <laughs> I understood that reference. I know. It's the best story. Um, but uh, yeah, how did, how, was Santa good to you all? I've been in hell, frankly. I've been moving. Oh. I've been dealing with family. I've been uh, dealing with a sick dog. Um, oh, no. just, just a lot going on. And so I actually came into the office today because I needed a break from everything. Just a, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm surprised at the number of people who are in the office this week. But then again, if everyone's trying to escape a uh, family and, and other craziness going on, then that this is, this is actually a good week to be working. On the upside, it took me 24 minutes to get in here when it usually takes like 50 minutes. So yeah. Um, enjoy that while it lasts. Yeah. All three days of it. But uh, yeah, no, Santa got me a new mic stand. So oh, nice. look at you all growing up. Look at, look at that. <laughs> I know. I feel very professional now. This is now. <laughs> You're borderline for years, but now this makes yeah. you legit. Oh, I'm, I'm still borderline. I'll yeah. always be borderline. So as Madonna once as, said. As, as, there you go. That's what I was looking for. Uh, uh, New Year's resolution, less dad jokes. No, oh, more, no, more, 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 more. 2023, the year of dad jokes. Let it thrive, let it thrive. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Clayton, how about you? How how was the Christmas? Oh, you know, Christmas is great. Uh, catching up on the movie landscape, because now this is good catch-up time. Uh, I showed Jessica RRR. 
and she pitched me an open marriage 34 minutes into it. So <laughs> that that went great. I'm happy yeah. deja vu because yeah. you said this last week on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, did I? Yes. Oh, also, never mind. Oh, so it's, it's so fresh in, in wounds then. That's what it is. Clayton clearly, recycling Clayton the jokes. Was, well, it wasn't, it wasn't even a joke. It was a true, it was a true story. Not to that too much. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's really impacted you apparently. You're still thinking about it. I mean, because she still brings it up now. She said it to me <laughs> yesterday. And we have friends coming over tomorrow to do like a little mini film festival in my house. And uh, I was told to program our, our Part of it, even though they can watch it by themselves at home, but wow, Jessica with uh, RRR is like my mom with Stephen Yoon. This yeah. is yes. very similar. Stephen Yoon, sorry, yes. Yeah. Although, um, I, you saw my endorsement, she really loved a man called Otto, despite the fact it lacks Stephen Yoon. Mm. It's, it's a very good movie, and actually, it that's, is. A, that, that's a really good place to start about these late uh breakers, yeah. And, and actually, I need to clear up uh, something uh, rules wise that. I didn't realize people understood. So uh, A Man Called Otto opens in limited release on December 29th, I believe. Yes. And people were like, well, how is it eligible? You need seven days uh, to qualify. Seven days. It's like the ring. <laughs> but no, the, the, you have to have seven days that begins before December 31st. I didn't know that. Not seven days in the, in the calendar year because a most violent year opened December 31st, 2014. Uh, that year, and then you have to, and then you have to run for the seven consecutive days, and that's what makes you eligible. So you have to start before the end of the year, but the seven days don't have to happen in the calendar year. Oh, wow! So that's really like going last minute if you like just squeak it in. Yeah. Well, December thirty one at eight p.m. That that was the joke Tom Hanks made at our Q and A. He's like, it's dropping in theaters at eleven fifty nine p.m. There's one theater we're forewalling in Pasadena. Like, yeah, he was he was really joking about the uh, the late arrival, and um, it's. T- I actually think it would have done really well in theaters over Christmas. It's a great. I mean, I I sound like as I've been accused of being a shill for the studio. <laughs> um, in how much did the producers pay you to say that? I wish that was true, man. Uh, right. I so wish we were getting paid to like talk <laughs> good stuff about studios because I mean, so much richer. It's hilarious that that yeah. that's the go-to response to people. Like maybe I just liked the movie, but my mom saw it, and like my 21-year-old nephew saw it, and that's a big age range, and they both loved it. And my mom, who is a huge fan of the book, um, A Man Called Ove, uh, she she told me that she was like really nervous about seeing it because they never get it right from the book. And even the next day, she was telling me how much she enjoyed it, and everyone. Love the supporting actress who could mm, be a late breaker Mariana? in race. Oh my God, Marianne Trevina. Yeah. She's like, they wanted to meet her more than Tom Hanks. They were disappointed yeah. they couldn't she's, meet her. She's quite a find. Yeah. Um, by the way, I I don't know this for sure because I never read the book, but, I, but this English adaptation is more of an adaptation of the book than it is the Swedish version. Swedish version really took liberties, I think, that are different from... That's what I've heard. My yeah. my mom said this is very close to the book. Uh, neither of us have seen the Swedish version. To be honest, I wanted to wait until I saw this because I knew it was coming. Uh, but now I am going to go watch the Swedish film because I hear it's wonderful. So, yeah, it's it's a very uh, – and this sounds like a negative and it isn't. It's the safest, like, kind of white guy academy movie that is good, that's in the running this year. It is just – it's just pleasant. It's like some movies, like, just like, – it's, it's coda. It is, but sense, it's but – it, you it's know, also it's a, got some darkness. So it's I think got that, some darkness. It's got some edge. But like overall, yes, it's a crowd pleaser. And, I, and I, think, a, I think that's what <laughs> a lot of people were worried about. Because let, let me clear this up also. It wasn't done until like 
recent. Yeah. So that so it, it wasn't like they held it just on purpose. It wasn't finished until like you know the eleventh hour, and then they got stuff together, and then they're launching a campaign. So if they had got an earlier start, I think it'd be in a much better place. And I think, and again, it sounds like a, a negative knock because of the comparison, but it could totally extremely loud and incredibly close on nomination morning. Another Tom Hanks movie. Another Tom yeah. Hanks movie that just well, pops up in Best Picture at the last minute. But I, I mean, if you guys pay attention to Clayton's predictions, I have Tom Hanks and Best Actor right now. And I, I mean, totally Cranky in. Hanks is my favorite Hanks, and he's quite wonderful in this. Um, and, you know, just just so people know, this is no spoilers, but the, the movie is about a recent widower who is, you know, multiple times tries to commit suicide. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's... Wait, wait. So he's not playing the stoned bus driver from The Simpsons? This no. Is no. We, that, this, we made uh, that joke. His uh, name is Otto. He likes to get blotto. Yeah. Um, I'm very no, he, disappointed right now. <laughs> His 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 attempts though are thwarted by you know uh, his neighbors and this family that moves in across the street and um, you know it's it's very dark comedy but it is funny and sad and tragic and lovely and I mean it's it's kind of got all the right ingredients so I'm very curious to see how it does and how it plays. I'm also going to say it's still a reiteration of a point I made more than a year ago. We need trigger warnings at the beginning of movies. Like it just needs to say like. To warn some people because even though it is light and it doesn't make light of suicide, no. you know, it, it does tell tell it through a lighter lens and a, or sometimes a comedic lens, but it treats it serious. But I do think it, it, it can be triggering for people. No, I, I agree. And I think a lot of people, especially the past year or two, have really been impacted by suicide. And, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, we don't realize how triggering even something that doesn't mean to be might be. So so I agree yeah. with you. And the fact that there are a couple of films out that deal with this, uh, you know, it, it is, it is uh, you know, an, an issue that we should be talking about. Yeah, I mean, just, just at, the, at, the, at the top of the film or just on the poster, like, there's, you know, scenes of suicide or whatever, or maybe it's part of the MPA rating, you know, whatever the case, but it, it just, it just needs to be there. But Tom Hanks is great. And the song by his wife, Rita Wilson it's is wonderful. also so, so good. Wonderful. And, like, plays and in really the, applies to the movie, which you don't always get. It beautifully plays in the middle of the movie. And then again, across the credits, which are delightful credits to sit. Yeah. And she she incorporates not lines from the script, but like certain ideas. Like it, it, it actually is like the perfect example of a song that should be nominated because it, it feeds the story and kind of tells the story, but in a different medium. And sang by the guy who sang Dos Orguitas That's from right. Encanto. That's right. So Which my y- nephew y- y- was Yetra. very excited about. Yes. I didn't know he was a big Sebastian Netcher fan. He always yeah. Encanto comes back. <laughs> A lot of Rita Wilson singing music out there these days. I love like, her voice. I kind of went down a rabbit hole because she was uh, she's also a producer on the film, and I had a Q and A with them the other day, and uh, just yeah, started listening to her music. I started listening to it. I interviewed her for her Walk of Fame a couple years ago, and you know, I was like, I'll do my research, and really got into it. Yeah, I just heard her cover of uh, Songbird that she did with Josh yes, Groban, which is yes. really good, surprisingly so. I, I, I forget, she does, you're right, have, have a good voice. But I, it is hard to look past the fact that she's Rita Wilson and, you know, an actor and also, uh, you know, Tom Hanks's wife. Like, all the things that you just, like, it's hard to sort of think of her as a musician on top of those other things. Which uh, she's, yeah, incred- incredibly accomplished musician. Yeah. But yeah, it's like she's... She's got to be bad at something, right? And then she, and then she goes and raps every once in a while too. Which... I know it's brilliant. 
Uh, I do want to say that. Oh, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I didn't know this when I saw the movie, but the actor who portrays the young Otto is actually played by their son, Truman Hanks, who is not an actor. Um, he works behind the scenes. I believe he wants to do cinematography mainly, and he's, he's worked on quite a few films. And he wasn't sure he wanted to act in this movie. Uh, the director really wanted him. And Tom Hanks told his son, like, look, acting in a film will only help you in your jobs behind the scenes. And he, you know, he said something that I think is so true, which is that everyone should try other people's jobs on a set. You know, actors should try directing or try being a gaffer or something. And, you know, it doesn't hurt for a director to take an acting class and really learn what their actors are going through. Um, And then the other joke was the whole movie was cast over Zoom, except for Truman, who was cast over Womb. (laughs) (laughs) Nepo babies. That's a a dad joke. It's not a hot... Well, he's America's dad. He can... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it is the hottest topic of this this, uh, Christmas break is uh, the the Nepo babies. Oh, lordy. You know what? You know, I I have to admit, I don't know where it originated from, though. Is is, is it from an article or something? Yeah. yeah, I think it was was, the New Yorker. Yeah, it was a New Yorker cover on... uh, Nepo babies, but the, it, the, it's a controversial story also because they they really stretch the definition. I agree. A lot of kids whose parents were uh, craftspeople in the industry, but by no means had any sort of power whatsoever in the industry. So yeah. it's a little yeah, unfair it's kind of silly. to compare that to. Yes, let's face it, the Hanks kids did have a leg up. So Colin. Chet Hayes. <laughs> well, but I like, mean, but look where they are in their careers. I mean, and it tells you. I don't know where Chet is, but yes. <laughs> I know. I know lo- lots of people who are like the offspring of famous people, and the ones who are working and doing well are really talented. And then there's a lot you never hear from. So it's not just about nepotism. Yes, it get it may help you get a foot in the door, but that is not everything. That would be like Evan, who just turned eighteen. Graduations, Michael Schneider. You have a. 18 year old. Uh, uh, yeah. Is it, it's happened, right? Yeah. Who's like, yeah. who's turned 18? It's, it's yeah, happened. it's happened. Yes, I yeah. have an adult. Um, I have an yeah. adult like, child. Like, like if, he became, if he becomes a writer at Variety, like, is he is he a Nepo baby? Like, no. Like, yeah, sometimes well, people just, I mean, unless, maybe like, a little bit. If, if, if I pulled some strings and got an internship at <laughs> yeah. Variety, I mean, then, yeah. sure. But like, if you got an but internship, you didn't get him a job. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like no, it's, this true. whole business is about who you know. And that's, and everyone has been clear about that. So there's Nepo people that aren't related. Right. Well, I heard that the person who wrote the article was a Nepo baby themselves. Yes. I don't know if that's true, but that that's what the, yeah, I believe yeah. Eve Houston tweeted. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's, uh, it's, yeah, you're right. Hollywood's always been about relationships. Who you know, who are you related to? I mean, from the, from the first day that Hollywood began. Look, I don't want to name names, but we know some people who acted once and then we never saw them again. Ooh. Spicy, Ooh. but uh, <laughs> but speaking of the first day of Hollywood, uh, we should talk about Babylon. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And, Sp- and speaking of the other hot topic of this break, listen. Also, like the, the discussion on Twitter was Nepo babies and Babylon corners being taken, and everyone grabbed their weapons and fought um, <laughs> to death. So you know, it had a very very poor opening. Which is nothing to spike the ball about. About like yeah, like whatever. It, it, yeah, the Schadenfreude is weird. Yeah, the, the, what what is interesting about this that I'm observing is that the people that are coming out in defense of it, and I think this speaks to a larger issue, is that when a director makes a big swing such as this, such as we see Damien Chazelle make, and we saw it with other directors this year, 
there's this coddling that happens afterwards of like, you know, they, they did something, you know, different and, you know, they should be commended for it. Like, yes, like, thank you for trying, but just like anyone else, like, you know, you have to deal with the product that you, that you put out and it just wasn't for, for everyone. There's some people who love it and there's some people who hate it. And I, actually, I, 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 I always, and I always think that's a good place to be. Yes, I do too. And I'm on the side. I actually really love it. I know it's not for everyone, but I really enjoyed it. What was the big swing? I mean, he had big movie stars in the movie. It's a movie about Hollywood. It's three hours and eight minutes, okay. I think. Okay, and then well, that's it, a and it opens up with a 45 minute orgy. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there are some things about it. Bring the family. Yeah, bring the family. Well, that, that's mistake number I think, one. I, that's Never I was going to be a Christmas was. movie. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, they should have opened it in September or held it. Yeah, yeah, like, and done the festivals. They should have. Yeah, I, I don't think they should have done the. I think they should just open like right after Thanksgiving and then just like lead into Avatar and then just cross yeah. your fingers. I, I, I never, I never thought it was going to be a money maker because it's just it is what it is. And there's some people who like are on board with it. I just think it's made for a very curated audience, and that's Damon Chazelle stands and people in the industry <laughs> like i guess i'm both those things <laughs> yeah and we and we like you know and that like and a lot of us are both those things yeah. and i think regular people are just like what is this yeah actually a friend of mine who i call my non-industry friend because she is not in any of this she went to see it on friday night she was just like holy cow holy cow holy cow only not saying cow um mm-hmm. and kept texting me and i was like but what did you think and she's like she couldn't like articulate it. And like a couple of days after she was like, I think I liked it, you know, but it was, it was a lot. And that's an example of, of a lot of movies this year. A lot of the big swing movies where there are certain things about it. They're like, like Babylon in particular. I don't know if I could say I liked it, but I know for sure it features my favorite scene of the year. <laughs> so no, that's I, a, it's a weird place to be. I really liked it while also being able to criticize things I might have perceived as flaws. Yeah. But it made uh, like $5 million, I think. That's really four. four. Like, it's, it's, I know it's in the top 10 worst wide openings of all time now. Which is crazy that like a, I think eight out of the 10 that are on that list. First of all, a bunch of them are like 2021, 20, which I don't think we can count. I mean, whatever. Yeah. But uh, – a lot, of, a lot of, I think eight out of the ten are twenty twenty and beyond. Like, I think there, there is something to be said about production notes and getting notes from studios. Yes, we don't like them always, but sometimes you have to be like, listen, you shouldn't be three hours and eight minutes. I think there's a great two hour movie. Yeah, and there. I loved your idea about doing a limited series. I or that either yeah, needs to be shorter I think or that way would have longer. Been great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that would have made sense. Although. Even those rarely work. The those limited series about Hollywood. We've seen a number of them recently. And, and <laughs> like what was Hollywood. That one called? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. But there was exactly. a limited series about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Star Jeremy Pope. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, gosh, oh, set in old Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. It, right, it, right. But remember, there there was that one with Kelsey Grammer too. That also didn't work. Uh, there have been a number of them. Uh, oh, the, oh my! God, I completely forgot what? About that one. Yeah. Was so, that like on AMC or something? Uh. Was it stars or no? Was that that no? It was Amazon, right? Yes. I'm, I'm oh yes, the last tycoon. Yes, Billy yes. Ray, who I yeah. love. Yes. Yeah, but so oh yeah. those tend to not work either for some reason. I mean, maybe it just goes back to where we're all like sort of looking at our belly buttons when the rest of the world doesn't care. I, I yeah, I also yeah, I just don't. I think old Hollywood just doesn't appeal to pop culture. But unless, unless, well. unless unless it's unless it's like like. 
Marilyn Monroe. Like, you have to be someone so famous that, like, they're, it's recognizable. There's no one in Babylon, like, that's, you know, a name or they're loosely based on people, but also loosely based on people that also regular people wouldn't know. I don't think anyone knows who Clara Bow is. Mm. Like, regular people. It's a shame because I do feel there is an audience for that movie, and you know I can I can you know quarterback all I want, but I just I just think it was the wrong time to release it. Yeah, I also think it can range from zero noms to ten noms, so yeah. it could it could totally like just do be for the Academy, and that's really that's all it needs. Are you I mean, still predicting it for film? I'm not predicting it in Best Picture, but it is. I mean, it's like bubbling at twelve. I think Margot yeah. Robbie might get in. Um, She's like she's great in it. Brad could possibly, and I think it's good for like maybe a handful of tech. I'm, it, again, I don't know. I have, it's it's a weird film to track. Yeah, it, I, what I was saying, uh, Mike is um is a weird comparison. I said it would be like what we do in the shadows almost this year. <laughs> like I think everyone was like doubting it a long time, and then we we're like, yeah, they're just gonna go with something familiar. They know this, so they're just gonna do it. In the yeah, end. except there wasn't a stink attached to it. Uh, well, there wasn't a stink, but, uh, but, it, but it just was. But like, wait, it's, wait, it's, what, what's wrong with what we do in the shadows? Nothing's wrong with it. I would say people, uh, I'll call myself out, <laughs> me, I didn't see the pathway for it to get a comedy series done again because I just thought there were louder, bigger, slash better things. Yeah, yeah. Not I remember we were all hoping and thinking that Res Dogs would get that slot. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you could never have convinced me that what we do in the shadows was ranked higher than reservation dogs yeah. on the list. And that, and that's where we ended up. Yeah. Hey, I want to counterbalance some of the like nastiness on Twitter about glass onion, because of course it's the right wing trolls who are, who are oh, trying to, dear God. to, so I don't even want to give them the time of day. I do just want to say, watched it again on Netflix this time mm-hmm. and loved it the second time. This is the first time that Maria and Evan were, had a chance to watch it too. And, and they also had a great time. It was just, <laughs> I like how Evan and not the other one. <laughs> like, like, no. Yeah. I mean, the 13 year olds, like he, we can't grab him off of his computer and his Oculus. Yeah, That's all he's doing now. So trying to get him to watch a movie is impossible. I, I, I took Sophia yesterday. I like kidnapped from her room at eight o'clock, threw her on the couch to watch strange world. Cause I was like oh, forcing it, upon which is her. already on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus, yeah. Yeah. And I and she got like an hour and twenty minutes in, and then she was just like, uh, she was like, all right, I'm gonna go to bed now. And she never volunteers for bed. Like she just, <laughs> it wasn't that she wasn't. Bed is it. better than this. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> stop making me watch long form entertainment. Yes, it's 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 a real it's a problem. By the yeah. way, I love how you both are low key bragging that I get it. You have families and you watch movies together on net with Netflix. We don't watch movies together. That's the thing. <laughs> it's a, the, Sophia will like unless it, if I say hey you want to watch something she'll say oh can we watch Scream I'm like you mean the movie we've seen a thousand times like no like can we watch something else and she means the new Scream no she means oh. either one but mostly the old one um, but yeah but back to Glass Onion. Glass Onion is—it it was weird the discourse that came. By the way, it's number one on Netflix drop news dropped today, uh, debuts number one as as we expected it to. Um, I I'm really just digging this Ryan Johnson universe, mm-hmm. and and I can just take it forever. Yeah. Like I, I like w- with a new cast every time because he's prom- he's promising never to connect the stories, which I think is amazing to do because you keep people at the edge of their seat all the time. And I think it, it, it'll, it'll continue to work. And I, I think he's, 
I, I, I really love Glass Onion. The only thing that I saw that erupted a little bit were people calling out Janelle Monet being campaign supporting. So I do think it's I, I said she's a straddler. She like yeah. she like goes both. I, I I could see why, but I, I put her in the Anadarmus boat from the first one. It's kind of like I yeah. think. You know, I don't think it's, it's just, fraud to put her in supporting. I don't but, think it's fraud, but I can see the argument. I'm surprised. Did she not go lead at Globes? Mm-mm. Okay, she would have had a better shot in lead. I think and so comedy. too. Yeah, I, yeah, I she would have been in. That. I think that would have been. a By a the way, good Clayton, I thought of you because I saw the headline about how Ryan Johnson didn't want. Uh, to put knives out in the title. Because it's not like, right. it's not, it, it doesn't even say it in the movie. But I, I think that's fine to put it in the title. You do want to remind people, oh, it's the same style of movie. It's in sure, sort for, of the. For, for marketing, sure. But, like, but in terms of we, when we write it, people then get on us and they're like, oh, no, you have to write Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. And it's like, it's not in the, this became the Look, I got a very specific out. word count. If I'm three words right. over. Yeah, well, because they want you to do their marketing bidding for them. That's that's all that is. It's like you you could say no. This, this was also my thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the ellipsis. In the movie, it's after the in dot 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 Hollywood, and everywhere else it was Once Upon a Time dot 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 in Hollywood. And I, I hated that. I'll, I'll give you my one note. Uh, rewatching Glass Onion, and I noticed this the second time that I didn't the first time. So I won't give anything away, but there is a scene where they're all looking at their phones at news stories, yep. and they're looking at the headlines, and the headlines all end with periods. <gasps> no. So I don't know who um, you know, the, completely dropped the ball on doing realistic news stories on the internet, because... You know, they're all wait. How, how many headlines? Is there's it, like, like there's one. There's a from few. A, yeah, there's a faux like L.A. Times headline, a faux The Verge headline, uh, a couple of other sites, and they all have the headlines. So and so, you know, blah blah blah. Period. <laughs> so wow. Sorry, brought me out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, you just get mad about it. Oh, by the way, Variety's in Babylon a ton. Yes, that's right. <laughs> a ton. Like we are supporting actors in that in that movie. It's a variety. Is it are we in the orgy? His right. <laughs> I mean, no, it comes after the orgy, but okay. like it they do a, a, a O after orgy. Yeah. It's a lot of splash on the screen, like variety newspapers, and it's like a lot of variety. Mm. Does it look legit or are they do they look like really poorly done? Variety no, covers. I think it looks legit. Yeah, there's yeah, they like, know their there's, stuff. There's, there's green variety for sure. The, the, the old days of green, uh, like <laughs> physical, yeah, the logo. I don't but know yeah. if we were green back daily, then. Daily the variety. Well, there was no daily variety in the 20s. Daily variety started in sweet. So it was just black. Maybe we're making that up then. I don't know. No, uh, I'll rewatch it. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I do. I do want to rewatch it because that, that and that's something to be said about Babylon. Mm-hmm. Despite me not liking it. I would watch it again because I think it could find itself with me later. And this has happened on two occasions with the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Did not get it the first time. Actually, almost hated it. Probably one of my favorite movies of all time now. And the other one was uh, The Tree of Life. So, finds its audience. <laughs> any, uh, any TV over the break? Uh, I caught up on Chippendales. Yeah? Are you digging it? I'm really digging it. It's a, you know, I just, I, I, the way that the story is told, um, and also comes from the creator of, uh, Pam and Tommy, Mm -hmm. 
did, did a similar thing. Um, I just think it's so creative. I think the actors are fantastic. I'm happy to see Murray Bartlett still yeah. working. Yeah. yeah. We got to keep that guy in everything. Looking very different from White Lotus. <laughs> I didn't recognize him at first. Yeah. Well, no stash. Uh, that's <laughs> the, the, the big change. Um, I think Kumail Nanjiani is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Robert Siegel, who uh, also wrote and directed a wonderfully underrated film called Big Fan, which was sort of Patton Oswalt's first foray, foray into uh, dramatic and very dark roles. Um, I just, I really like his storytelling. I watched uh, Pressure Cooker on Netflix. What's that? It, uh, it's Chefs in a Kitchen. Oh, it is a cooking uh, show. Under, okay. under, under Pressure. Yep. Uh, and it was actually fantastic. Um, and I watched, there was some, oh my God, there's something I just watched, uh, recently. God, it was a docu-series. Now it's like escaping me. Uh, I don't know, but I was, I've, I've definitely been like catching up on, on some stuff. I have not watched Chippendales yet, but I am finally, uh, past the halfway point of the bear. Oh gosh. Got in, got in finished the bear, uh, during the time. Speaking so of stressful. Food and pressure cookers. I know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just in a food, a food mood. Oh, and by the way, I got glasses. I'm a glasses wearer now. I Whoa. saw this. You look so sweet. Where'd Clayton go? Is this <laughs> is this full time? Are you like Mr. Glasses? Uh, they said I don't have to wear it all the time. I had 2016 vision my entire life, which is perfect vision. Wow. And I feel like the Tom Segura joke, if anyone's ever watched Tom Segura stand up, um, that like – you have near farsightedness, like you've always had bad vision, but your brain was convincing you that you didn't. So I feel like right now. So it does feel like weird and I don't have to wear it all the time. I still feel like I can see, but I'm trying to navigate this world as uh, four eyes now. Now the entire family has classes. I remember there was a really funny um, <laughs> blind item about uh, Jason Patrick being at a bar playing trivia and he was trying to insult like someone who, like, you know, trying to trash talk the person who was beating him in trivia and the person wasn't wearing glasses, but he kept calling him four eyes. It's like, whatever, four eyes. <laughs> I don't know why that sticks in my head, but I always think of that when someone uses four eyes as an insult. Yeah. Like someone even said, like, I, I'm not wearing glasses. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe he was just so drunk he saw four eyes on this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I've no idea. The, I've I've that's a true story. I have astigmatism in my left eye. Oh. Do you wear glasses, Mike? Contacts. But see, I don't I think I could ever do. Con- I don't think I could ever do contacts, though. I don't think I could put stuff in. My I head. don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Well, you know, it's funny because I've worn contacts for years since high school, but now that uh, now that I'm getting a little old, the aforementioned uh, father of a adult now, um, I'm having to start to uh, use reading glasses. It's like yes, so horrifying. now suddenly I have to Wait, put glasses really? on again. Yeah. Yep. Wait, it's- reading glasses on top of your contact? Yeah, which. Really, like, that does something to your, like, it messes yeah, with so your I, brain. So I'm going to say this because I know she doesn't listen to this podcast, but Jessica's mom, my mother-in-law, will wear glasses and reading glasses at the same time, and it drives me bonkers. Like, I'm like, just Oh, glasses wear, over glasses? Yeah, I'm like, just put, she's like, but just, I can see. Just take the glasses off. If like, like just, yeah. take, just take the glasses off, man. <laughs> like, no, really? no, I got to, as someone who has those transitional lenses, I have to tell you, if you're looking out over the top, you're going to be farsighted if you're looking down you need glasses for nearsighted yeah and i've i've resisted those too um just just because like bifocals still make me feel so old and they remind me of mr hooper from sesame street with he had those those reading glasses at the end of his nose and 
I have a I have a sizable nose, and so I'm able to do that where I can put the glass the reading glasses all the way at the end of my nose and look like old man Schneider. But um, <laughs> old man Schneider. This has been Glasses Talk right here on the podcast. Welcome to We're Old. Yes, indeed. Did I mention I have an 18 year old now? Good God, man. <sighs> Dear God. Did you did you did how much did you cry at all? Any? Yeah, bit, I mean, yeah, especially putting together, you know, the, uh, the uh, you know, required now social media posts, right, of like the whole. So I was going through all these old pictures through the years and doing the montage um, of. It was in Variety, right? Like the announcement was in Variety. Yeah, his uh, birth announcement was in Variety. Um, wow. That, that's what hurts, I think. It's just like, damn. Because yeah. you left and came back since. <laughs> yeah, that was 2004. But, uh, yeah, so it happens. 2004, I was a uh, junior Sunrise, sunset. Well, on that so note. Oh, I, I love you, though, Mike. And I am very happy for having He had a great dad for 18 years. Now, now his dad sucks because he's <laughs> That's 18. right, because he's 18. Since 18. Well, as I told him, okay, rent is now due first of the month. Um, January yep. is free, but. Um, <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God, he graduates this year, too, right? Yeah. So, wow. I just uh, was helping him with his college application uh, yesterday. Wait, is his is his birthday on Christmas or the day before Christmas? Christmas Eve. Oh god, what a bad day! I know, <laughs> poor kid. That's terrible. He never. Do you ever have a birthday party, like a real birthday party, or you just do it super early? Super early, or yeah. super late? <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, you know, on on the 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 positive side, he kind of gets like an extra special moment when the family gathers on Christmas Eve. So you know, we have a birthday cake and then. All the other food and yeah. does he get extra gifts on Christmas? You don't do combined like this is your birthday and your Christmas gift. No, although now that you know the kids get older and generally gifts are like here's an extra gift card or here's here's yeah. an extra food box. So. <laughs> oh god! Oh, by the way, uh, I think I spoke about. That. I gave Jessica the trip to San Francisco for Christmas, and she loved it and so excited. Oh, nice! And we're staying and we're staying uh, in Union Square. Excellent. Oh, nice. And uh, get get those Alcatraz tickets early. Um, yep. I can't believe people want to see a prison. Oh, it's it's fun. It's oh. it really, I've never been I've never been to San Francisco before. So this is I, I'm gonna go watch The Rock and then I'm gonna go yeah. to Alcatraz. You should. And it's really it's really interesting. And you, you get a boat ride and you get to experience the prison and, and uh, the views are amazing. It's it's a cool you gotta do it. Yeah. I'm 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 really excited. And I have to get to the corner of Clayton and Davis. I'm gonna be there. Yeah. Take some photos. It's going to be great. So when are you going? Uh, April, during spring break. Okay. Oh, so so not we, before the Academy Awards. Not before the Academy Yes, because that's what that it's like, oh, uh, when are we, can we go? By the way, are the, we back next week pre-Golden Globes? Post? Uh, wait. Yes, it's pre-Golden Globes. Yes, yes. Okay. I was thinking, wait, yes. Yeah, pre-Golden Globes, pre-Great uh, Choice. So, yeah, we'll be able to talk about uh, our final Golden Globes picks next week, which are going to be... Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, we'll leave it on that note. Uh, we got uh, Janelle Monet. We have Janelle Monet and Coleman Domingo this week. Oh, so that's two, a good episode. Uh, I'll, I'll that, listen that's to that. a great episode. Yeah. All Can't right. wait for Color Purple. All right. Can't wait. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Goodbye, 2022. After the break. The couple behind the animated short film contender, New Moon, Coleman Domingo and Raul Domingo. Coming up next from Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. Over a dozen married couples were nominated for Academy Awards in the same year. The list begins with Lynn Fontaine and Alfred Lunt in 1932, who were both nominated for Best Actor and Actress for The Guardsman. Most recently, it was Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz, nominated for Being the Ricardos and Parallel Mothers in 2021. However, this year, if the animated short film New Moon is among the five films recognized on January 24th, Co-writers and co-producers Coleman Domingo and Raul Domingo will be the first same-sex married couple ever nominated in any category. An imaginative journey, New Moon tells the story of young JJ and his mother Edie as their inner city dreams are illuminated by the new moon in their backyard of West Philadelphia. In the backyard, mom spoke of many places that she wanted me to see and things she wanted me to do. Like go to art museums and play instruments And I want you to go to the theater, like the white folks, and see operas and things. Travel the world, baby. Go far away from this neighborhood. But don't forget where you come from. And in your travels, don't forget to pick me up a caftan with the dome and sleeves, just like the one that Diana Ross wears in your favorite movie, Mahogany. I recently spoke to Coleman and Raul Domingo about collaborating on their new short film, which was announced as one of the 15 shortlisted by the Academy Awards. The duo discusses working together and bringing this personal story to the screen. In addition, Coleman Domingo teases his upcoming roles as Mr. in the musical adaptation of The Color Purple with Fantasia Barino and Danielle Brooks, and the role of the Black civil rights hero Bayard Rustin in the George C. Wolfe drama Rustin. More importantly, he confirms exclusively to Variety that he'll be making his feature directorial debut in 2023. But I began by asking the married couple where this idea for New Moon came from. Well, the idea initially came from, there's many versions of it. Well, first of all, our friend Lori Latham, she just, she talked about animation and talked about this solo play that I have of mine called A Boy and a Soul. And she said, I think you should do animation with that. And this is also something that Raul said many years ago. He said, we should do something else with a boy and a soul. And that was the solo show I wrote in like 2006. And I performed all over the world and I had no intention of performing it again. Mm. And then, but these two converging ideas about it think it lives in a different way. And then Raul really laid out from that idea that Lori had Raul laid out what it could be. And so then I could see it a bit more clearly. right? Right. And then of course, This started, this project started at the top of the pandemic and also while people were marching for George Floyd's death. And we were trying to figure out things, just what can we do that's loving and can put out messages about black people into the world that are positive, Mm -hmm. that are filled with love and hope and grace. And Ralph said, we should do one of your stories from a boy and a soul. I think it's time in the animation space. And then 
we didn't know what we were doing. We've never done animation before. So we called up a few people that we knew. Uh, one is Matthew A. Cherry, who won his Oscar for Hair Love. Yep. And we said, well, what do we do? How do we get started? He says, there's many ways to get started. He said, just get started. Start researching animators that you, you admire. Start looking at everything. Mm-hmm. And then we did think the thing is we cold called. We reached out to these animators that we both love. We're like, oh, this animation is great. They did this TED talk about James Baldwin. And James Baldwin is mm. both of our heroes. Yeah. And um, we reached out to these animators, um, uh, Jeff Labars. And- Jeff, Jeff Labars and Jeremy Ballet. Mm. And they're both actually, they live and work in Lyon, France, mm. and uh, have been there all their lives. They have a, a wonderful um, animation studio between the two of them that's called Gibbon Studio. They met in school and they've been creating together, you know, since then. And so... We, and they work, just the two of them, they yeah. work on this. So it's not, when you see like animation teams, you always see like at least 150 people. Mm-hmm. There isn't on this film. It was those two guys and Raul. Raul did all the. Wait, did you guys not have an unlimited budget? And there's just like all this money. No, now let's get to that. Now let's let's get to that. (laughs) Right. We had to sort of almost like pitch to our business manager and Mm. to our our personal managers. We're like, we want to go down this road because it's expensive. We had no idea, and we were willing to invest our own salaries in it. And we were we invested our own salaries from our company. And we were like, this is what we want to create. And people were like, are you crazy? Are you sure? You're like, it's not about getting the money back. It's about really, really investing into something and creating some art that's really not noisy. There was no, a lot of hands involved in it, except the four hands really of ours, like me, you, Jeremy, and Jeff. And then our sound designer, Raphael, came on at the end of the process. Yeah. But it really was just worked on across countries. Now, by the way, we've never been in the room with these guys yeah. ever. Still, everything, still, still oh. haven't had, yeah. everything was done online and over with Dropbox is filled with inspiration. And and Raul did all the hours, like I feel like a hundred hours of rotoscopy, rotoscopy, which, yeah, which is, is basically, you know, the, the they, it was storyboard yeah. and Raul yeah. filmed and directed me. Uh-huh. You know, he did all the live action stuff for me that they trans, you know, did into the line drawings and all. So it was really this beautiful thing where we all created this thing together quietly. There's been an interesting like uh, debate. Uh, I, I'm a big advocate for animation, like in, in this space and mm. animation, the animation medium has changed over the years. Like there's a lot of pearl clutching that's happening. Okay. And in particular, we're rotoscoping yeah. in particular, Apollo 10 and a half, Richard Linklater's film from this year mm-hmm. had initially uh, disqualified and then they appealed and then got qualified because it's it's an aesthetic choice for some people, hmm. but like Snow White was rotoscoping, like right. like like Disney, it, the greatest Disney. Like, movies, it, yeah. it just happens. Like, what would Roger Rabbit be today? Yeah, like if you, you didn't know, have rotoscope. Yeah, you know, it, it just it's not even. It's just the whole arena of animation has changed, and there it because of that we get Coleman and Raul Domingos to come to the table. Mm. And if it was just, you know, the the old guard, then no, then you guys wouldn't probably haven't had yeah. this. But shouldn't we welcome that? I think so. I, it feels like it's funny because I feel like even the animation style that we chose mm-hmm. felt like nostalgic. It felt like a throwback. We didn't want it to feel slick or like sort of the, you know, I, I love Pixar animation and mm-hmm. you know, DreamWorks and all that stuff. But it wasn't that savvy. It wasn't trying to. Am I right? Right. We wanted something that was very simple yeah, and I, really goes to everyone's nostalgic heart. And, and I think that's that's the interesting thing about animation. I think nowadays with technology, so much stuff is possible. You mm-hmm. know, I've seen people. You know, because we've been through the festival, so many festivals, and I've seen animation there that 
is made look like like let's say like suspended uh, you know like the way that the motion is filmed yeah but it's actually all 3d graphics yeah. and like you even see like you know fingerprints on on the figures and stuff like that but the way it's sort of like made believe to be something else and i think it was really important for us to have that very nostalgic quality where like the drawing is style is very simple it's very simple but also we have elements that are a bit more uh that that push i think what uh animation is which is you know it's still a theatrical piece so there's elements of theater there that you know lighting and design and the moon hanging from a string and just even the the storytelling of it that it truly has a beginning middle and end it's nothing really i i say this cuz i love animation but a lot of times you have to interpret what it is yeah. or what the you know and it's not as clear clearly laid out okay. right yeah. and i think also too because of what you know what is possible in an animation um space i think a lot of animators they truly lean into the style and you know there is there's a you know sort of like a sweeping strokes or maybe it's done with like you know the watercolors or it it could be like you know the cut out figures it's kind of like a, almost like a look mono hands kind of a thing yeah. you know mm -hmm. and with ours i think the story was at the center and so like the style of it is something that i think came together with a story really it's beautifully a story. yeah and i think what what's great about it is that you know you have this idea it's 11 minutes and 52 seconds i think i think yeah. it's yeah. right like on, right on, right on. Yeah. Yeah. um which <laughs> When uh, we see people get big ideas, they're like, oh, I want to make this the four-hour version, you know, meta right. uh, project. But you you knew that to keep it contained in, in a runtime, to let it be accessible for people but still tell a very large, expansive story, is there a feature-length version of it that you think exists somewhere in your soul that could be expanded upon? Or you think it, it really is this? I personally don't think so. I think the intention of a short... I'm so glad you said that, by the I, way. You know, I'm so glad. Because <laughs> yeah. I think the intention of this short is to just give a snapshot in a moment, in yeah. a feeling. And I feel like that's what we wanted to achieve. And again, we wanted to achieve this without... We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know... After we presented it in this thing that was finally finished in March... We got our families on a Zoom and we wanted to share it. Mm. That's it. It was on my mother's birthday, actually. My mother passed away in 2006. But this is in dedication to her and mm. West Philly and, and Aretha Franklin and just imagination. So we just wanted to give it sort of as a, as a gift. And then, and then people ask us, well, what happens now? We're, we're like, well, what do you mean what happens now? I don't know. Yeah. And so, of course, then we started to have conversations with some of our lovely colleagues. And they sort of like helped us move us in a direction of like, Let's share it with film festivals. Let's share it around the world. Yeah. Let's see. Let's. That's the important thing to us to because it is something about inspiring that creator in you. Mm. It's inspiring. It's it's a love letter to mothers, in particular black mothers. Yeah. It's a love letter to anyone who's inspired Clayton Davis yeah. to be to be and do when the world says he can't do. You know what I mean? That's that's what it's for. Yeah. And so for me, it's a gift to all of us yes. in humanity. You know, I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm get a bit of being no, a bit no, softy. No, I, 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 I can't help myself. Listen, uh, <laughs> listen I mean, you, you, there's a proven point that I'm looking at right now as you two sit in front of me. I believe that behind every great man is another great man. It's probably a better a better man. If he that. is, and he that, is. and that, and that, <laughs> and Raul, like you know, call spades spades. I don't think people don't know who Raul Domingo is. They just know that. Behind Coleman Domingo is a great man that was able to mm. to 
keep him reeled in and 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 is doing the Lord's work in film, TV and every and and theater and everywhere. So I, I very basically like where did you start in this love of cinema art? Like what brought you to the table of mm. Hollywood? Well, you know, it's um it's interesting. Coleman and I we've always been working together mm -hmm. we've always collaborated you know we've been even, together for 18 years we've been together for 18 years yeah so we, i think uh, you know we worked together in the theater space you know uh, where he was directing and i would be designing costumes and you know when he was writing i would be dramaturging his work you know there, there's i think there's always just a constant flow of energy between us and so this was something that i think just came naturally because uh Something about this particular piece is, uh, New Moon is very interesting is that, you know, uh, when we met in 2005, I actually watched Coleman perform his solo show when we started dating. And I remember being so just taken by the story of his family and, you know, understanding where he comes from. But truly there was this, uh, that little interstitial moment of, his mom telling him, and it's exactly with these two songs, and that's where New Moon comes from. Um, I, I remember that affecting me so much, you know, and that I remember just the beautiful song that Daydreaming by Aretha Franklin. I think it's like something that that's just so beautiful. And then we, when we decided to make it into an animation piece, I think this is something that also kind of evolved naturally and we started working on it two years ago two and a half almost and, and, and i'm going to add something too yeah raul would never say this mm -hmm. but he's raul is such a multi-hyphenate artist in his own right and raul started in the costume design space and then he went to school at fit and he worked for all these fashion design companies but i think that he's a great creator yeah. like he can drape and do women's wear apparel men's wear you name it but He's always been an editor in many ways and a big thinker. Mm. So I've always, any of my plays or musicals that I've written, I've always asked him because he's able to see the whole picture and interrogate the work in such an creative way. And so when we started our production company as well, uh, only about under three years ago, it made sense to me. And it wasn't even nepotism. I was like, I need Raul to run the company. And because I know that he's, you know, did he know, did he think he knew how to run the company? No. Did I know how to run a company? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. But we, I knew we would figure it out together because I think we come from that place of um, how do we create from nothing? We both come from very humble backgrounds. And I knew that. So Raul has taken our company, Eve Productions, and led it with such grace and joy and making sure it's clear about the things that we create, which is about bringing more light and joy into the world. We're not doing That's trauma something. stories. We're yeah. not doing trauma yeah. porn or anything yeah. like that. We're but doing. I think it's also too, I mean, just on the scale of, this project alone and also on the scale of our company and working together, I think you kind of, what, what I personally had to understand is that you kind of deal with what's in front of you and it's, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, the creation process uh, per project and then sort of, you know, nursing this baby and, you know, multiple babies and kind of like feeding them and understanding what they need in the moment, you know? And I think once you understand that it's, there is that, that very kind of like a very micro scale there, it's, uh, it wasn't this big scope of anything because I think also. You deal with what's in front of us. Yeah. It's just, it's what's in front of you and you kind of deal with it with love and you come from love. And I think that's, that's the only thing I knew how to do. And in terms of technical skills, I feel like, you know, it's something that I've had. And if you don't, you learn, 
And I think that's a beautiful thing. And he's always somebody who's always in school somewhere. I mean, he took school, yeah. you know, uh, directing classes at Austin Film School and things like that. He, yeah. There's a lot that Raul will I, not tell you that I, he does. Uh, yeah. yeah. He does. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it, you know, it's he's very that, curious. That, that, that's part of the, yeah. the, the great man that's behind <laughs> that's the other exactly great man. That's exactly it. I'm like, I usually have to step up and say, well, actually, he does this yeah. too. And he does all <laughs> actually, he's a genius. It, actually, actually, he's kind of brand. He's been in seven languages and all that. Yes. Do you really? Um, yes. I can I can get around quite With seven languages successfully. I think <laughs> like colloquially, and if you put me, because Coleman's observed that on several occasions where Always. English is not involved, and I have been able to, <laughs> you know, made myself through the situation. I'm sure the grammar was not at all correct, but you know, I can barely speak English. <laughs> I, I, I am you so, and me, Clayton. I, I, I both. That's, so that's it. That's, I'm, I'm barely managing oh, that in this God. interview. But <laughs> Raul, can, Raul can really, uh, yeah, many languages. All right, so well, don't don't spend time with Raul. <laughs> basically, that, basically, that's what I'm telling. Or, or, or let's not yet, hang out with just him. Just travel with me. Or, yeah, <laughs> that I will do. That is that you do. Bring your kids, travel with him, yeah, and then you'll get me where I need to get. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you. So I. Something that I wanted to bring up because I'm the awards editor of Variety. I'm, I geek out off off stats and things like that. You guys have been together for 18 years. Yeah, been like married for five, six. You got dates better. What year was that? Nine I'm so years? glad that both of you have the face of like trying years. to figure this out. This is good. My hopefully 14. My, no, we've been married for 14 it, years. No, 2014. We like that. 2014. Had the we got married. Yeah, yeah. 2014. So 2014. Eight. eight years. We've been so we've been married, married for eight years. But you know, we you know we, we got we became domestic partners after six months yeah. together. We yeah. But I also told him I loved him when I first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is in the when I say married up to well, like in the we, been together. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the the reason I bring this up is there have been twenty married couples that have been nominated for Oscars in the same year, uh, not necessarily together in the same category. Okay. Um, if the film is nominated for animated short, not only do I believe you're the first uh, married couple to be nominated in the same category for the same project, I believe you are also the fa- the first same sex married couple ever. Wow! Recognized. Wow! Which is a huge effing deal. Wow! Um, Come on, Academy. Yes. Listen, you never set out to do wow. this, but like, and, so I, I don't really start thinking about stats and stuff until but like it's kinda cool. we're, get, we're getting yeah. towards the finish line. I'm like, oh, this is like a huge deal, and wow. wow, and for it to happen on this film with this story from a thing that you guys did together it is is beautiful, and it's going to whether it happens or not, it's going to open a door. For a lot of kids that don't feel seen typically and that or feel like they don't belong to the biz, like mm. we have to talk about it. Like what like mm. um, unfortunately uh. it also carries weight too on top of that. Right. You have to carry like that, you know, for, I would say um I always use the Ellen DeGeneres joke of like, oh, what happened to our leader? Like you're gonna become yeah. the new like right. oh, everyone's gonna want this to be our our symbol of love. What does that feel like right now? First of all, you just took my breath away mm. with that, to be honest. And I thought, I think, I think that we've, hopefully I'm saying this correctly, but I feel like we've been together for so long and I feel like we're very, I think, ordinary human beings that are trying to do some extraordinary things in the world with whatever gifts we've been given. And I think if that makes an impact and people can identify, whether they're you're, you know, straight or gay. I feel like how wonderful that is for people to see us together and see that we, the way we work, the way that we're friends, the way we inspire one another. Um, 
the way we give space and room for each other and each other's voices, I think that would be awesome. Are you kidding me? To represent a bunch of people in that way and they can look to us because I, I, I would feel very grateful because I feel like that we've really made a point in the way we navigate not only this industry, but navigate life is truly like leading with some grace and with some love and really care. Um, Cause we really do mean it when we say, even when we meet with people with our production company, we say, when we work with us, I want to love you. I want to know that we're going to love each other and we're going to care about each other's families and we're going to create beautiful work together. But that's yeah. the whole point of it. We're not funny enough. I think that, you know, as deeply steeped in the industry that I am, I don't really feel kind of like an industry person. Mm -hmm. I live in a little town. I won't tell you where it is. Mm -hmm. Nobody knocking on my door. <laughs> I live in a town that's not starry in any yeah. way. I like, I think we're very, Ordinary human beings. That's why I like most about you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, know, you know, I think. Am I right? Oh, you you want to you want to add to that? Absolutely. And I think I, it's wonderful to to have the opportunity to create it and create it together, and create it the way that we created it. Mm. But you know, I think also um, on the top of it all, I think it's um, it's a uh, again, it's what's what's in front of you. And I think it's this project is first and foremost is a labor of love. I think between us, between, you know, Jeremy and Jeff and all of us together. And if people can see that you could live your life fully and you could create something beautiful while you love, I think that is the best way to and be. be your most authentic self. Yeah, you could yeah. be just, you could be yourself truly and just live. And hopefully create. I feel like this will help represent the, the creators because I feel like everything we do we like to say, you can actually do it as well. We didn't know what we were doing when no. we started out. You can ask questions, you can figure it out. But if, you, if you've got the desire and the drive and you can find the, the financing from somewhere, you can, your dreams can be realized. So I think they were both just the, naturally the way we even got into this industry. I think, I don't think it was truly set up for either one of us to really be here and thrive, yeah. to be very honest. I think that we've had many things to overcome, but we just, we're people who just put our head down and get to work. That's why people never know that we're doing things. Cause suddenly when this comes out, they're like, well, when did you start that? I mean, we just do it. We don't talk about it. Right. <laughs> you know? So I have a follow-up question because this came from one of our variety staffers. So if you indulge us for a minute, um, you wore a pink suit at the Oscars, man. How are you going to top that? If you're there this year, that, Pink suit. The got, pink suit. The, the pink war. suit has moved mountains. <laughs> and, and, there, and there are a lot. The like, pink suit has moved mountains, and I'm very grateful. Mm -hmm. Everyone's wearing pink suddenly, isn't it? Uh, isn't it you've been a trendsetter. You're going to Well, see, we would have to dress together, so I would try to figure out like what we would do. Well, we, we can't be Bobopsy twins. We, we won't be <laughs> Bob, like, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll but we'll probably like have like Wayman and Michael who are stylists, you know, help work out a narrative. If anything, I oh, feel can like I hang with them. Like, they got they're the coolest like, guys. Also yeah. got you. They right, got you. Okay. I'll make sure they get you. A lot of but one thing I think because this film is in dedication to my mother, mm -hmm. who I'm such a mama's boy. Yeah. Mm. And I have a feeling you might be too. Uh, yeah. You are. Love, love, you, mom. You can, love, we, love mom dudes. We, we, yeah. we can we can yeah. see each other a mile yeah, away. It's, it's, it's also the East Coast flavor. We can all oh, see yeah, yeah. through. Right. So I, that's what it is. I love yeah. my mama. Yeah. So I think I would I would want to dress in a color that I know my mother loves. And I know my mother's favorite color. Mm. And her favorite color is something she loves on me. Mm. So um, mm. I probably would wear that. You know what color I'm talking about. I won't tell you. Okay. So what about you, Raul? What would you do? I don't know. I feel that, you know, it's a, it's a little maybe kind of terrible, but I feel like, it's, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, if it, if it's anything, 
I would try not to look like a schlub, but I feel like as long as I'm comfortable, that's that's a big thing yeah. for me because I feel like when I see some red carpet pictures of you and you're always you you accessorize better than most people I've seen. He's Thank always you. really together. <laughs> yeah. He's together, but he's also the 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 beautiful thing I love about him, he's always like he never wants if if there's a moment like the Oscars or something, he's like I want I want you to be the light in the room. Yeah. But I but I'll also be a little I'll be I'll have yeah. a little bling on. There, there's some bright light behind Gomez. There we go. I want the light like to be on this guy. All right. Oh, <laughs> yes. it's, sweet. it's gonna happen. It's gonna be great. <laughs> um, I also let me just oh just the, another stat to throw out. Uh from if if you're nominated, first Afro Latino yes. ever ever nominated. And I, I yell at people very often about this. I'm like, Coleman Domingo belongs to us, man. You like, know, you know, like, first of all, you, you were the one of the first people to put it on blast in mm-hmm. a great way because it was something that like as I've grown up and always, you know, with my dad and his side of the family, that nobody ever recognized because you know, they're like, Oh, he's a black guy from Philly. Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, I'm that and there's yeah. many things. So I'm very I've been very proud to represent the Afro-Latino community yeah. and for people to understand what that looks like. And I feel like I almost want to like grab my relatives who are out here in LA and be like, hey, I want them to get to know you as well. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I, and I did, it was one of those I didn't know. Like, I told my point, I was like, you know he's Guatemalan, right? I was like, no. no. <laughs> and I was like, Wait a minute. Why are we talking about this? Um, I, have, I have a couple of questions I need to ask and some is uh, – I'm going to put this upon you okay. uh, as Coleman Domingo. Oh, because, listen, you direct a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays, Fear the Walking Dead. When when am I getting my Coleman Domingo directorial feature debut project? Man? You know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it. I've been putting together a project about a l- true legend that I plan on directing and starring in. And writing, and it's about. I don't want to tell exactly who it is yet, okay. but I'm putting this together with uh, Cassian Elwes, uh, who's a wonderful producer, mm-hmm. and William Rosenfeld with such content. And we're trying to uh, get it all tied up, but hopefully, I'll make my feature film directorial debut next year. It's like the year, yeah. Um, I put it upon Regina King to do this, and if it's this subject, then the baton could be passed but if it's a james baldwin biopic that's what i need yesterday i've been waiting for it i told regina i was like can you do it and she was like you know someone mentioned that to me the other day and i was like yeah go do it and i haven't gotten it yet so i'm willing to be like coleman bingo i think you could do it too i i truly think i can yeah, okay. it's something i've been wanting to and so a slice of life one though yeah not not cradle grade oh no i have a whole I, idea oh, about oh, it good. There I've, you go. I've had a whole idea about it it's just about getting the right production company on board that understands the scope of it and and having that passion as people like you and I have about mm. James Baldwin. You okay? I'm ready for it. Yeah. Good. Um, you might have to be a producer on I this. mean, listen, if it's birth off this podcast, I just want to be thanked. To okay, okay, speech. great. That's it. Done just and ha- done. Just have to mention Done it. and done. Um, <laughs> so let me ask, I know you can tell me all about it, The Color Purple. Oh, Because you're, you're with my homie, Danielle Brooks. Yes. Uh, I love her. Uh, Color Purple, just to tell you what it means to me, I did a list, like, oh God, maybe 15 years ago of the greatest performances of all time. Uh, 10 greatest performances of all time in cinema. And number two on that list was Whoopi Goldberg in The Color Purple. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And, and then right after that, I saw Fantasia on Broadway in The Color Purple musical, which I walked in like, mm, like I'm not going to like this because it's Color Purple. And then I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> we, you can do whatever you want. And now it's coming. So I am so excited for this. I need you to tell me I all got, about I it. Got, I got some scoops for you. Yeah, good. First of all, it's going to blow you away in a way that you really don't even expect. 
I just did ADR on it a few weeks ago. And at the end of ADR, now for our listeners out there, I'm a 53-year-old man. I wept like a child in ADR. I've never wept in ADR. I wept and the sound designer came over and Blitz, uh, the wonderful director, and we hugged. But I knew we had something really special that's going to really grab at your whole heart, your whole soul and generations mm. behind you and generations to come. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's going to be a masterpiece and a work of art. I think I might, as Danny Glover was probably one of the most hated men after The Color Purple, mm -hmm. I might be a close second. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so remember the kindness and joy and love that you see right here before you're challenged mm. on what uh, I'm about to do with right. Color Purple. And Danielle Brooks is outstanding. She's she's turning in one of the most terrific performances you're going to see next well, year. I heard her rule the world. And and Fantasia and Taraji and Corey. Corey. It's it's a it's a. It, By the way, Corey Hawkins is Harpo is like the best casting oh, of all he's time. He's my son. He's beautiful of, of, of all time. He's so beautiful. Yeah. that's my man. Uh, Corey's beautiful, and, uh, and then we have Sierra, and we have you know, it's just a, a cavalcade of like extraordinary performances. And the the DP is the same DP Dan. He did uh, Shape of Water. Yeah, Dan Lotson. Yeah, Dan Lotson. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant oh, photography. Great. And then uh, you're reuniting with my my, my my man George C. Wolf. Yeah. On Rustin. Yeah. And. Uh, Listen, we were all like gearing up for it in 2022, and it got pushed back. And you know, we're 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 You're patient. We're, 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 pa we're patient. <laughs> uh, it's going to be on Netflix. What's the what's the, what's the deal there? Well, we we finished it because we had to go back for some pickup shots because yeah. uh, people were always like wondering, well, why did it take so long to get the Washington Mall, which is what we had to do pickup shots. Mm -hmm. The Washington Mall is booked out for months, oh. so the only time we can go back in is August. So then we were delayed. I think it's um. I'll just have to say, I'll say it for myself objectively. I think it's it's some some of my best work personally, my personal best, because mm -hmm. I know the investment and the work that George and I crafted together, and with our our cast and our crew, it was such a loving experience, and everyone knew why they were there. It felt like we were heeding the charge to to portray not only this great man. Byard Rustin, but all the people around him and all the people who helped us have the liberties that we have today. So it's giving voice to all of these people. So I have an, a tremendous cast around me with Chris Rock and Glenn Turman and Michael Potts. We've been reunited. Yeah. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. Um, Glenn Turman's my man, man. So like, Glenn is... Glenn is I, I have a fan club that I... Still I feel like uh, people sleep on Glenn. I'm like... All the time. I'm like... Glenn's the truth. 100%. He's, gonna turn, he's turning in one of the most terrific performances of next year as well. So I can't wait to share this yeah. with people because he's, Bayer Rustin has always been such an inspiration to me. And I think for his story to finally come to the forefront is, um, you know, it's, it's beautiful because Amel, El Melamine plays uh, Martin Luther King mm -hmm. beautifully. But it's beautiful to see that Martin is sort of in the shadows of Bayard Rustin for the first time. Yeah. And Bayard now has his place. Um, in the canon of film. That's awesome. Roll, what you got cooking? What, what, are you, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing? Oh, we are, you know, working on a couple of no, things. No, we, no, is, we. Yeah. Uh, talk about uh, it's Raul Domingo. Talk about reunion. Well, we, you know, um, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, the great science fiction writer, yep. he has a beautiful story that's called Reunion that was published in one of the magazines in 1971. You know, interestingly enough, um, this is a story that has not been 
republished again. He has not expanded it into a novel, which was his usual practice. And you know, I I read that in the early 2000s and I, I held on to it because I remember it was so impactful. It's only 400 words, but it's uh, it's truly just something marvelous. And it's about our humanity. It's right? about hu- our humanity. Yeah, truly, truly. And it's um, it's there's a little bit of science science fiction in there. And so. I'm actually working on ushering this um, story being um, expanded into series with a very talented writer named Natalia, Natalia Guled. And so we're actually like flushing out the concept and we're developing into a full-blown series. But uh, we're coming together with ideas. She brought so many wonderful ideas forward. And so that's that's actually, that's the most immediate that we're working on right now. And it's really, You're really exciting on. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Raul Domingo, co-writer and co-director, and Coleman Domingo, co-writer and star of New Moon, a contender for animated short film. Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery, from writer and director Ryan Johnson, debuted December 23rd on Netflix and is already a hit for the streamer if its early numbers are any indication. Another uproarious take on the Whodunit series that outdoes its predecessor in nearly every way, Glass Onion includes killer performances by Daniel Craig, Janelle Monet, Kate Hudson, and Edward Norton, along with the rest of an invigorating cast ensemble. I recently met up with Monet to discuss her multifaceted role in the film. The star also teases when we could expect new music and her journey into the acting space that began with the Oscar-winning Moonlight and the Oscar-nominated Hidden Figures in 2016. I began by grilling her about when she might release some new tracks. I have a story to tell in music. I have a story to tell in film. And I, yeah, I, I've been very fortunate to be able to have done this film and also work on new music. Absolutely. Wait, is this confirming things? Right nah, now? I was just like, you don't know it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push today. I'm, I'm feeling good today. Like, like <laughs> when you're ready to share that music with us and me, right? When I'm ready to me. share, when I'll you're ready to send me, a, send me, I will, yeah. I will look for it. Yeah. So, uh, you, there's no reason for you to know this or know this about me, but uh, so I'm the awards editor at Variety, and I am a firm believer that when you are in contention for an Academy Award nomination, you are only great. When you have a snub or two under your belt <laughs> and you have a snub or two under your belt for Moonlight and Hidden Figures because you were incredible <laughs> in those films. And here you are not doing it once, but twice in Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery with a troublemaker named Ryan Johnson. <laughs> How'd you get mixed up with him? You know, Ryan Johnson, I became a big fan of Ryan on his third film, Looper. When I saw that film, I was like, this is innovative in the sci-fi genre. And then I went on this big rabbit hole. I watched, you know, his first film, second film. Obviously, I watched Knives Out. And I was like, if he ever reaches out to me, it's a guess. And I got the script. You know, I was so, like, excited. Full, full script, like I got the full script, completed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, hell yes. Oh, this is exactly the type of role that you dream of. You know, like you're this this is exactly what I've been looking to sink my teeth into. Uh, did you know immediately you wanted to play Andy? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, after I, st- and especially after I read the whole script mm-hmm. and then obviously like being able to work with Daniel Craig and, you know, you think about the cast, I heard Edward Norton, whose work I admire, respect and Kate Hudson. And I was just like, this is an opportunity, you know, for me to grow and, 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 and an opportunity for me to really play. Uh, you are someone who, one of the rare instances I have to make sure everyone knows this that can actually do it all with music and acting because some try both and they're okay and some <laughs> come up a little short in others but you are excelling in both so did you know early on in your life and career that you were like I'm gonna be an actress too much you are so all. kind you're so kind because I'm always f- feeling like you know, or, or having the desire to just grow and, and to take it to the next level when I haven't maximized my full potential, you know. Um, but you're not at 100% yet. Like this is, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I, I feel like honestly, you know, I, yeah, I, I feel like I have a lot more to say and potential that's just like not tapped in, perhaps because the roles are not there yet in the, in, in that I, I've been reading things, but I've just been like, I could play that role, but I think I've done that already. You know what I mean? I could play it and I could give you something, but it's like you want those roles where you're, you know, when you look back on your reel when you're 100 years old, if you live to become 100 and you're like, ah, wow. Okay. This was you, 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 you did, you did it all. I I say that the surprising like you're not at 100 percent. i don't think we can handle like i can't we're going beyond that then we're in trouble so that's like a, a good trouble it's, yeah it's always amazing no i'm just saying i'm always yeah. a student you know always working um to 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 get better and and to you know discover new processes that are more efficient that feel fun that bring out something some new colors oh it's always great for uh people to know do you remember the first movie that you saw in film that you saw that you were like, that's something I would like to do with my life. Ooh. Um, I think when I saw Gene Wilder. Yeah. In, 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 um, Charlie and the chocolate factory. I think when I saw his eyes and I saw, you know, sister act two with, Lauren Hill, I was like, ah, that warmth, that relatability, that voice, you know, and I think that made me say that I don't have to choose, you know, I can act, I can sing, I I don't need to make my, you know, create a life that, that boxes me in and doesn't feel like I have freedom. Yeah. And I think, what else did I see? I think Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was like, who in the hell is Robert England? What does he look like? What is going on? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can go on, you know, on and on. I mean, they're just spectacular uh, actors and, and, and people who have inspired me. I think of that three-year stint. It was like three or four-year stint of Lauren Hill, Sister Act 2, Fuji's album, and then The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Like, that came mm. one right after, like, how do we... How did we survive that? Like, I know, all that, I know. Like artistry just like, uh, ascend, like descending onto the world. Uh, and I miss her acting as well. Like I thought she killed Sister Act 2 and I know she had done a couple other things, but I was really, you know, looking forward to maybe she'll surprise us and and do a film together. There's Sister Act coming out maybe. Ooh, I mean, wow. Lauren, you. 
Ooh, that that now that mm. I'm I'm in the theaters for that. <laughs> yeah, just, right, yeah. I'll put it. I'm gonna text. <laughs> I'll text everybody to get you. Yeah. <laughs> um, go back to Glass Onion. This cast. We have to tra- talk about some of these uh, troublemakers that just some of the best in the biz. Um, you have Catherine Hahn. Mm, I love. On, she walks on water. Ah, uh, she is just a god. I love Catherine Hahn. I, there was never a dull moment on set with her. Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, my uh, brother. You're, you're familiar with Yes, <laughs> my brother. And so he kills, you know, like his presence is so strong here. And then you get uh, Kate Hudson, Aww, who- My queen. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a sleigh. It's, it's, oh. like, it's just sleigh. She, her sleigh. role is so fun. It is. It, it, what Birdie J is iconic. I think of a spinoff movie with you two. Oh, the early days of being I love friends it. and her becoming I love it. Jay, and I think that could. Uh... Oh, I'm in the I'm in I'm in the theater seat right. for that. I'm at the movies, popcorn I'll, in hand. Text Ryan now. Um, Dave Bautista. Ah, oh, such like the sweetest person, the sweetest. Just a big tree, that guy. Yes, Just, like, huge. Uh, Jessica Henwick, who very quietly. Does her thing in this? Movie. Yes, like undertone that kills. Like any other person gets that role, I think it just gets lost. And you're like, oh, yeah, the assistant role. No, but, Jess kills it. It's awesome. And then Ed Norton. What's your favorite Ed Norton role before before this? Obviously. Oh my God! I mean, Fight Club is legendary, right? I actually loved him in in The Illusionist mm. as well. I mean, he has so his. I mean, his career has been so expansive, but uh, this is a fun role. So we find ourselves in this very politically divided time. We're going to call it politically. Uh, I- idealism. Everyone has their different beliefs. Um, in a recent interview, Ryan Johnson confirmed that Benoit Blanc is mm-hmm. gay. And it was, it did exactly what I look for in storytelling. Diversity without having it be a crutch or on yeah. display and put it in our face yeah. and say like, we're being diverse. No, it was, he just is. Yeah. Yeah. And it really made me happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you learned that, were you, do you feel that same type of joy of the diversity you're seeking in, in art period? I think Ryan is just an incredible writer. And I think that the characters he makes, he just, they, it is no fuss about it. It's like they're living naturally as they authentically are. And that's what you want. Like you just want to exist and it not be message, you know, it's just like, I guess, what do you call it? Um, Normalizing, normalizing queer love, you know, normalizing, our blackness, mm. normalizing, you know, what people try so hard to erase. That's Janelle Monet, star of Glass Onion, now streaming on Netflix. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races. 
as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. Happy New Year, and we'll see you on the circuit. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.